1: commits, cruits,
2: and cheats. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined by the shadow of a slenderman, Kevin Greck. Kevin. I got a picture of you and Alex Plum outside of Crunchies, and it was just a picture of Crunchies, yet there was a, a trio of, of shadows.
1: Huh.
0: Curious. Most and, curious.
2: And I, I showed the picture to my son to, to introduce him to. This is, you know, this is where Daddy went to college. And uh, unable to form large sentences said, No, Daddy, no, Big Slenderman. That shadow, that shadow alone scared him. Yeah. How are you doing, he, buddy? He knows.
0: He knows to respect me and fear me. Um, <laughs> he's a smart kid, precocious. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Plum's not here. Read. It. Don't read into that too much. Although, also, don't be disappointed, dear listener, who probably wrote your Twitter questions directly to Plum. I'm betting. I'm betting as we get down into these questions, this will ruin at least a couple of them. But anyway,
1: yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Palm and I got to spend some time back at the old stopping ground this weekend. It was a good time. It was a fantastic time. And then I hit the road and went to a family wedding. I left the Great Lakes State for the first time in like 18 months or something like that. So, Congrats. Big weekend over here. What about yourself?
2: Um, well, uh, I, I did not go to the Crunchies, but I did have a, a lovely thank- uh, Father's Day. Thanks for... Thanks for mentioning.
0: Oh that. yeah, that's uh, that's a thing for you. That's yeah. relevant to you. <laughs> uh,
2: no, my uh, my awesome in laws were in town, and we uh, we had a, a lovely time, and um,
1: yeah, you know,
0: chill weekend, whatever. I Who forget cares? that you're a bio daddy. I just think of you as my podcast daddy. Oh, <laughs> bio daddy, d- don't ever say that again. All right, now I'm saying it all the time. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> You've revealed that you dislike something. I'm going to kneel that.
2: Change it to bio zaddy and I'm in. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, of course, for listening, everyone. And sorry you had to listen to that. Uh, but if we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Get in there and then say, hey,
0: listen to the first five minutes. And if Plum is in there, bail. <laughs> bail. Five stars.
2: Uh, yeah. And you can, of course, follow us on the old Twitter machine at Spartan underscore pod. Um, Kevin, we have kind of a truncated show uh, this week, but walk the folks through what the structure is as I find out if we have any new reviews on the trash
0: UI that is Apple Podcasts. Oh, my God. Get over it. Uh, So, as always, we start with the green wall where we discuss... Uh, news of sport on campus at the Michigan State University. Then we take a stroll off Grand River, walk signed across, uh, where we talk about sports news in the greater lexicon of sport. Then, as always, we take your Twitter questions. But this is the penultimate week, I do believe, of the Twitter questions. Right? This is the second to last uh, week of our Twitter competition. For the summer and you are rating i i do believe right it,
2: it it is true and uh and yes that is a thing that's happening and okay. we're going to talk about some new reviews we got by the way
0: mm. is this real do we actually have new reviews in there
2: yes we have a uh, five-star review f- <laughs> from mike J, who says mike jones is funny uh well, he's right uh, about oh no mike i'm jones. sorry the the review is from uh mommy d money's and uh the uh the subject is mike j so that's great mm-hmm. uh, another one is uh, positive review five stars perfect podcast for people who like michigan state and its athletic department really fun and interesting please clap
0: please clap
2: <laughs> our listeners thank you um all right uh <laughs> <laughs> that that gave me all the validation I needed, at least for another week. But for the rest of you, please go give give reviews. It weirdly helps other people find the show. Um, all right, Kevin. So let's start. Yeah. Uh, be, let's start behind the the green did wall. I throw
0: you oh, off? Me just saying yo? Yeah, It is more often.
2: All right, we're going to talk about football and some new commits, um, including some who made their uh, their commitments official. While on a visit. So let's start first with Braden Miller. Please tell me you've got some profiles pulled up so I can throw to you, or am I just going to talk through all of this?
0: We'll start with the first one. I wasn't. uh All right. I'm up, actually. I'm up. I'm up. I'm on the 247. I'm here. All right. Mr. So Braden. Braden yeah, no, you got it? No, you're up.
2: All right. So Braden Miller, for those who don't know, is an offensive tackle. He's 6'7 and clocking in at 290 in the weight. Um, he is a. Uh, mid-high mid-high uh, three-star, uh, 79th offensive tackle in the nation, fourth overall recruit in the state of Colorado.
0: Yes, but Michael, what are the questions that we always ask?
2: <laughs> so on this podcast, instead of uh, caring about three-star trash recruits, we care about their three-star trash recruit offer list. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Braden Miller has offers from, we'll just go with notable programs, Arizona State foreshadowing. Uh, Kansas state, Colorado, Duke, Iowa state, Miami, Michigan, Oklahoma state, Stanford, Tennessee, Texas tech, and Utah. So chose uh, not
0: to go to the tortilla factory. That might've been a mistake. (laughs) Uh,
2: the, uh, notable is, you know, with some programs, uh, you'll see that they, uh, a lot of a lot of players will will just say have Pitt and West Virginia offers mm-hmm. because they offer everybody. Uh, and sure, we'll include them when we talk about a peer group list of, you know, offers. But one that stands out is Stanford, because Stanford does not sling around many offers. It's, you know, a Stanford offer is almost always committable, which for those who don't know, sometimes a player gets an offer, but that doesn't really mean they're allowed to accept it. They may be sort of the backup plan. Um, Stanford doesn't tend to do that. Uh, you know, they offer somewhere between 50 and 80 kids in a class that's between 20 and 25 kids that will ultimately come in. Uh, Michigan State, on the other hand, is plus 200 in terms of offers, to give you context.
0: Which is a new thing. That's a yes. talkism.
2: Yes. Uh, but so that is a, I mean, so that's just by way of saying that like a Stanford offer is, first of all, you you you've got to have good grades to get in there. Yeah. And, um, and they have historically been a pretty good football program. So, um, you know, Michigan was really going to bat to get this guy on campus. And I could not be more thrilled to pick up a, uh, um, uh, Braden Miller as a commit and notable, as we talked about last week with many players, not coming from the state of Michigan. As, as I said earlier, uh, he is the fourth overall commit, from the state of Colorado mm-hmm. or his fourth overall sorry um uh, recruit from the state of Colorado, and means that as of his commitment, seven out of or i'm sorry uh five out of the seven commits uh were not from the state of Michigan
0: yep, continuing to be the case so and he fits that athletic profile that we're looking for in in the the tucker regime six seven yes. two ninety already, so
2: yeah, that's what. 10 more pounds for him to be a playable weight. Mm-hmm. Um, probably going to try and put 20 to 30 more pounds on him. Yeah, and something like that. And he's tall enough that he can hold that weight and it's not, you know, weird.
0: He's going to be a monster of a dude. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Good Lord.
2: So but, I mean, you know, one And I, I know we've gone back and forth on this, Kevin, but it, it, it is fair to say that dudes with these dimensions don't grow on trees. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also notably the fourth offensive line commit of the 2022 class, which um, four is medium as a number of commits for an offensive line. And it sounds like Michigan State is looking to add one more, probably an offensive tackle it sounds like if they don't get the guys that they want, they're just not going to get a guy. They're happy with who, who they have so far, and, and they're not, you know, it sounds like Mel Tucker really does believe um, if we don't get people who we genuinely want in our program, we'll just get someone in the transfer portal. Yeah, might as well. So anyway, uh, so yeah, Brayden, I think, is uh, an interesting and, and kind of a big-time pickup. Uh, for the, for the program. Uh, yeah. Continuing a line of, of offensive linemen that I don't know how many of those dudes really get four or five stars um, because they're so hard to project out as what they'll actually produce at. Very
0: nice. So, so that's Mr. Miller moving on. Yes. Um, go ahead. My, uh,
2: yeah. So uh, Greg, you got Michael. Ma- Ma-
0: Masunas. Masunas. I was going to say Masunas. Yeah. Um, we'll go with Masunas. 6'5", a tight end uh, out of, where's my man from? Chandler, Uh, Arizona. Wow. Keep it up West Coast. All right. Chandler, Arizona. Uh, Looking at the peer group there. Interestingly enough, we've got two of the service academies in here. We've got both Air Force and Army. Um, And then other notable programs, the Utes. We keep seeing them. Zona is in here a Florida State offer, a Maryland offer, which didn't used to be relevant, but now, if you're not paying attention, they're doing some recruiting of late, a uh, Tennessee offer, and a Penn offer. Yeah, so, the Penn
2: stuck out to me. is
0: Very strange, especially going all the way across the country and then only one Ivy League offer, although also a Rice offer. Not exactly Penn, but considered to be one of the better academic schools in the South. So. Um, very exciting here. 6'5 tight end, 235 already. So uh probably have to move that weight around. Although, dude in his picture here, uh already looks uh, looking a little bit built. So yeah. um uh, you gotta say that this one's pretty exciting too.
2: Yeah, word is he may not quite have the speed, but that he plays physical and has uh great hands with a really wide catch radius. So is a you know big red zone threat. The other interesting thing is I think we mentioned, uh, what two weeks ago now that, uh, Nico Markiel was on campus who is a, uh, a quarterback who had been committed to Florida state mm-hmm. is no longer. He, it, it sounds like his top of the, the list for what MSU wants for their quarterback. Um, he's one a for their quarterback choices, uh, among, uh, recruits. And, uh, Michael, uh, Masousis, Masunis, Masunis. uh, played with Nico Markio. So they, you know, I don't know that there's a, like a, a desire for those guys to keep playing together, but it is, it's at least one person whispering in the ear, potentially of, of Nico Markiel, So that's mildly interesting.
1: It is indeed.
0: Uh, and Nico again, um, would be one of the four star (laughs) quarterback, uh, options that we've been talking about um in the past so uh final uh one more uh uh, commitment today i believe right yeah yeah Uh, mr jaron glover goes by ron ron glover so close to don glover uh, on campus today and makes a commitment to msu correct what do you what do we have on mr glover
2: Yeah, so uh, Ron Glover's an interesting prospect in that uh, he didn't, it sounds like, pick up any offers until after his junior year, which is pretty late. Mm -hmm. And he is former teammates with Chuck Brantley, who is a defensive back who joined Michigan State in the class of uh, 2021 and is probably, of of all the 2021 recruits, maybe the most likely to see significant playing time this next year. Um, but he turned the staff on to Ron Glover. Uh despite the twenty four seven uh sports page profile on Ron Glover. Uh word is he's actually six three, uh, one ninety, 190, one ninety five, something like that, and runs a four five forty. Speedy. Speedy dude and super tall for a wide receiver. Um that's a that's not super tall, but a, a tall enough wide receiver who can run pretty fast. <laughs> um, so that's a that's a nice little pickup in terms of uh offers on his list that you might say, okay, that's a little interesting. Uh, well, there's West Virginia, yeah. I was gonna uh, say the
0: aforementioned West Virginia that we see um, on every offer list,
2: yep. Wake Forest, uh, which all right, uh, Tennessee, god, they were offering everybody.
0: I wonder if that's a Maybe because of the firing that's happening? It, it, just because they're Tennessee. Um, Cuse yeah. and yeah. Uh, IU are, are yeah. on here as well. And I have to say, you know, low-key Indiana has been
2: putting out some pretty great receivers lately. Um, I, you know, I just would say that if they've identified someone as as talented wide receiver, I'm going to go ahead and say, okay, I believe it. Um, so that's a... A nice uh, little pickup. Now, Greg, you had said that – I don't want to say there was any concern about the commitment of Ron Glover because we, we're not going to poo-poo the commitment of anybody. But that, you know, in a, a broader sense that – you know, we talk about sort of uh, Nico Markiel's a 1A choice. Yeah. That when you get a commitment from somebody, it can affect possible commitments from other – people. So can you explain kind of what was happening there?
0: Yeah. So this there's speculation out there that there are only so many spots for a athlete in that general mold. So we're talking a little bit over six foot, relatively speedy, um, weighing around 200 pounds. Um, Someone would need to be either in the defensive secondary or the wide receiver core. So Um, The trick there is that there were a couple recruits that we've actually already talked about on the podcast, most notably being Antonio Gates Jr. For whom there was some expectation that a spot was open for them. Um, Also, I think uh, you would add to that, that general, uh, that general frame would be uh, Franklin, Michigan product, uh, Jaden Mangum. So those were two guys that, devotees of the recruiting uh system kinda thought were in play. Uh and it might mean that there's only room for one of those two guys. Um, or some changes might need to be made. So or it may also mean,
2: right, that maybe those guys aren't interested in Michigan State anymore Could mean that. Could mean that.
0: Although I think this the expectation is still that Antonio Gates Jr. is very, very much in play, right? Yeah, so I guess I kind of have two points about
2: that concern. One is you got a six three dude who runs a four five forty. I don't care how many stars he has. Take take that man, sure. Right, like do you believe in your coaching? And if you do, then take you can't you can't really coach that six three four five forty, right? So there's that. And then I guess the other thing I'd say is it seems that. You know, when we talk about, sometimes we talk about the, the D'Antonia era and, and, uh, some guys weren't fits for, for that culture, right? Mm -hmm. It seems like in the Mel Tucker era that you're not a fit for this culture. If you don't think you can win the job, if, if you're scared or annoyed that like, you know, we, we picked up a guy who, who maybe competes in your profile, then you're probably not a fit for who Mel Tucker is looking to recruit. Mm -hmm. If you're annoyed that a transfer came in at your, uh, at your position group, you're probably not a fit for Mel Tucker's team. And like, we've seen that because there's been massive exits from the, 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 the team. But so I, you know, you sure, maybe it does mean that we can't get both of those receivers. I do think it's a little presumptuous to assume we would have gotten both of those guys.
1: Yeah. Fair.
2: So I, I default back to you have a six three guy who runs a four five forty. Take him,
1: yeah.
2: And and there there's a reason that they would have taken the commit. They wouldn't have done the D'Antonio, right? They they offered him. He was on campus, and they took it while he was on campus.
0: I mean, D'Antonio would take would take commitments from guys while they were on campus, but it just not in the same way where they would just sort of appear out of nowhere. <laughs> was- sure. This was not an expected commitment is my understanding. Is that fair to say? Yeah. It sounds like some other dudes were in the room when it happened.
2: And um, yeah, I, I don't know. Unless they had them all there and they tried to like do this thing where they got one guy to the domino to fall on one guy and that would peer pressure the other ones into it. I, I don't know.
0: That is if, if that is true, that is strictly the kind of behavior that did not exist. under yes. The D'Antonio regime. Like the commitments would happen like in his office with commits and their families right. talking about the positives and negatives of the MSU football program. Um Mark was, may have had a staffer prepare a PowerPoint yeah. to go over the pros and cons. Um that is that is the system that used to operate uh at MSU. Um but you know I don't know. You know, we all we see are the promotional shots. All we see are um, interviews with recruits after they come on campus. They're largely positive, but the impression that I'm getting is that recruiting kind of more reflects now recruiting nationally and, and how that works. But
2: well, so is this something we were sort of team. deprived of? I mean, because there is a certain amount of uh, amount of voyeuristic joy in this right like we are fully in there are no sports to talk about space
0: don't tell them Jumzy. What are you? <laughs> which is doing? why we're spending
2: this amount what? of time talking what about
0: you doing baby so
2: it, like i mean it, it certainly is exciting to imagine uh how future teams will be though there is also the harsh reality of football that is probably a lot different than basketball probably is a lot different than basketball and that you know, maybe half of these guys don't end up really mattering.
0: Yeah. I I mean, that's going to happen even more frequently than it used to. Right. So,
2: so, I mean, I guess, is this a joy, uh, an off season joy that people have gotten to experience for the last 13 years that we just didn't have or, Mm -hmm. or is Mel Tucker doing something truly different?
1: Different
0: Different than what we have previously experienced certainly
2: yes but is it maybe different than what what happens down the road in ann arbor uh i don't know they are a little insufferable
0: yeah i try like i've said i've got really good guardrails up that what happens down there doesn't entirely cross my desk yeah um what i will say uh there have been moments where we've been critical of Coach Tucker's uh recruiting to date. This improves MSU's station in the Big Ten on the old 24-7 uh recruiting rankings to seventh, right? Middle um, of the pack. Yep. Yeah. Uh 30th, I believe. 32nd. In, 32nd in the country. Um so we'll see where it goes from here. But Firmly ahead of programs like Nebraska, programs like Iowa, even programs like Indiana um, that have actually a couple four star commitments, but just really small classes at the moment. Um, way ahead of Wisconsin. Did you notice that Wisconsin only has two commits right now well, for the class of 2022?
2: I, I think the pickup that we made uh, uh, from them is a big deal. Yeah. Big, big deal. I think there may be a bit of a dumpster fire over there. So,
0: um, really strange. Now, uh, Wisconsin has never really recruited in the like top 20 nationally, but usually that system does routinely yield a recruiting class somewhere in the, you know, high 30s to low 40s. And then, you know, obviously they convert on that. But to, to see Wisconsin with so few commitments at the moment did surprise me
2: and, and they just uh renewed what's his face for like four or five years That's well great. they have
0: to i mean he yeah took them to several big 10 championship games so uh anyway be
2: there for a minute either way and i think wisconsin's a great segue out of this uh but it's things seem to be trending in in maybe the right direction and it would be nice to see a, a couple few four stars land in this one, but 23 class 23 is probably where you're going to be able to start seeing like, Hey, is Mel Tucker really what, you know, what he was brought in to be. Um, It does seem that they actually are also good at identifying talent or at least as Chris Kapilovic is because, Gavin Brocious, one of the first commits from the class, is up 100, 150 spots nationally. Um, So there's some, you know, we'll see where this team shakes out at the end of re-rankings, but it would be nice to see a a few four-stars land as well. But speaking of Wisconsin not having anyone on their commitment list, let's talk about basketball, where we have no one on our 2022 commitment list. And uh, we had some crews on campus uh, this, this past week. I, there's not really news to report here, right? But it's a little concerning.
0: I don't know. You, you're not worried? I'm a little bit worried. I'm not that worried. Would it you know, was it nice when there were uh, two five-star commitments in the class of 2022? Nice. Yeah, those, those were nice times. Those felt good. That was a nice safety blanket. Um, was it nice when uh, Izzo wasn't just leaving two spots on the bench wide open for this next season? Yes, that, that was, was nice. nice. That was a nice safety blanket. We'll see how this ends up. Uh, I'm not that concerned yet.
1: Okay. We'll all find right. out, though. It'll be a good uh, time.
0: Uh, all right,
2: Greg, let's head off Grand River. Yeah. Uh, because uh,
0: there's do do the big the news. First? Big news! Do you, do you remember when those uh, games against Herm Edwards Arizona State team were announced? And uh, I thought, hey, that's nice. Two wins, one win in Arizona. Uh, you know, down in uh, in Arizona, Deppie. one Deppie. win. That's what I wanted. Uh, and then one win in East Lansing. Neither of them happened, <laughs> and that's because, as it turns out, Herm Edwards is cheater, a filthy cheater, cheater. So, this, this story, first off, very exciting because it sounds like there's a whistleblower formerly in the organization on Herm Edwards staff. Also, some allegations that this is being, um, shall we say, motivated by race. Uh, oh, so no. We, we get Herm? some, uh, yeah, that there's an allegation out there that Herm keeps hiring black coaches in a way that white coaches are resenting. Oh. We'll see, we'll see, though. We'll see. That's just that's just Ugh. an allegation. That's just this, this doesn't allegation.
2: let me enjoy this as much anymore. But
0: here's what's important. Um, there are allegations, and there seem to be receipts for these, uh, of recruiting violations that took place during what was supposed to be the COVID recruiting dead period. And that would include a number of things that would re- including on-site visits and yeah. uh tours of of the facilities as well as communications as well as apparently coaching for a recruits um you know training exercises that they were doing so uh it's going to be fun to see how this progresses but it turns out that uh not not entirely above board over there at the old Arizona State University I mean
2: I don't know that anyone is surprised that that things weren't above board at Arizona State. It I mean doesn't... this stuff has
0: definitely happened across the country.
2: Well that was my next question for you is like for, if you gave me some receipts that are non-COVID related, yeah. I'm more intrigued.
1: Right? Like that's that's a bit different. Yeah. I it
2: I am curious the number of coaches who either straight up uh we'll call it flouted public health policy sort of rules and regulations Mm -hmm. or, you know, that the NCAA uh, imposed because, you know, you can't trust governors to do the right thing versus uh, the ones who did it the right way. Like I I would be genuinely curious uh,
1: because I I don't know, like am am I that mad at Arizona state? Am I really that mad at them.
0: We're looking at this from a you know now a post-COVID lens, but we have to recall that at the time of these actions, yeah, I guess the country true. was entirely in the grips of a of a you know, global pandemic, and unnecessary travel, which this would include, sure, was a unnecessary health risk not just to the recruits and their families, but to the country overall. Uh, the moving of population, you know. Let me put my uh, my Alex Plum hat on for just a moment. But moving folks across the country, putting themselves uh, at risk of contracting the disease, of spreading it around in these ways, like this was behavior that was entirely unnecessary, and gave you a distinct recruiting advantage. So, but, well,
2: but in fairness, there was nothing that prevented you from uh, going to a campus as many students did to check it out beforehand and then FaceTime with a coach the entire time.
1: Yep. Yeah.
2: I, sure. I, I mean, like that's that it's, it would be insane. And is like, we remark on how it's insane that some players that even joined Michigan state having sight unseen. Yeah. But some did make the trip because I don't know, it, irrespective of sport, they were making a choice about what school they were going to attend, and that's I fair.
1: Yeah,
0: like I don't know about you, but I toured schools. You you absolutely should tour a school before you go to it. The problem is that we don't know the circumstances yeah. under which. Yeah, and it sounds like there were
2: tour buses involved, and mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, I I'm I'm with you. I just as I'm loading up my like rage meter, right. Will Wade is still employed. <laughs> is, it, is it bad?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> which I think. Oh
2: God, did I hear that if like some football coach tr- trashed on Will Wade, like about how nothing matters?
0: But because well, that football coach is right, <laughs> it seems.
2: <laughs> yeah, so so anyway, like I'm just where I'm trying to sort of place ASU, which don't get me wrong. Yes, you you're right on the public health front. Like we shouldn't be we shouldn't be encouraging travel in in sort of extra ways. We certainly shouldn't be putting a bunch of recruits on a bus. Mm-hmm. Like that's also bonkers. So, yeah, I, all right, I'm with you. But again, we're like it's ASU. If you told me Bama was doing this though, I would be I would be calling for heads. Well, maybe not Bama. Ohio State, Ohio State, calling for heads. Indeed, let's uh, uh,
0: let's actually yeah. keep it on Arizona State for a moment, um, kind of, and uh, announce, dear listeners, uh, recall back, Mister John Rom, uh, previously disqualified from the PGA Tour for testing positive positive for uh, COVID. Not long COVID though. What just <laughs> happened, Z. John Rom. Won
2: the U.S. Open in a what by all accounts a um a crazy finish overall,
0: yeah. I mean, there were a lot of leaderboard changes happening down the stretch, I believe. I was at Father's Day, uh, on the deck, uh, away from the TV, but that's my
1: understanding from the other room, yeah. Um, so, uh, I guess. You know,
2: let's let's reward the guy who didn't get vaccinated. That
0: sounds great. It's not reward. I mean, the man won. What are you gonna do? He was qualified. Not allow give me the vaccine passport. I I love him because of how dad bod he is. I mean, that's all I see. It's just like straight dad bod. Twenty six year old apparently twenty six year old dad bod. Just popping off. Uh get it, John.
2: Get it. God, he has a weird face. Uh, do we want to talk about this Texas player who asked about starting an OnlyFans?
0: Well, I mean, it's one tweet, but go ahead. Well, Let's go.
2: so uh, yes, it is one tweet, but it is it, it was sort of a funny take on name, image and likeness, which is to say that Texas is the latest state to pass name, image and likeness legislation. I believe a running back for Texas asked if if this means he can
1: start an OnlyFans now, um, which is haha funny. Um, but also can he now you can, I don't know. You can still
2: say that that's conduct unbecoming of the team, right? I don't know. We're going to find out. (laughs) It's a new world. Anyway. uh, So Texas is the latest to say, yeah, these are new bags. We weren't giving these bags out before. Um, And so um, good for Texas. That's great. Indeed. Anyway, uh, let's head to uh, the Twitter questions, Kevin Gregg,
0: Yeah! Uh, so this is, as we said at the top, the second to last week. So, dear listener, uh, Michael Jones will be rating this week. And then I, I believe, right, will be rating in the final week. And then we'll announce a winner. For this gives you
2: way too much power.
0: These May and June combined can't read, can't write... Twitter competition. Have and we decided on a, on a prize yet? Diff. No. I think no. it's a great thing to announce the prize <laughs> as you're announcing the winner. I think that's perfect. That would be in keeping with us as a podcast. Yes. All right. And our general vibe. Uh,
2: so first up is Nate C. And I've realized that we don't do a good job at, at sort of sharing people's Twitter handles. So I want to do a bit of a better job at doing that. Who is at one cool Nate uh, who Nate has for those who don't know uh, is one of our favorite listeners who's uh, been out at sea on a tour with the Navy and uh, Nate says he is finally caught up and he has a question. Does anyone think that Kevin Grek and Terry from Solar Opposites may be the same dude? Are you an alien Terry Greg?
0: Well, here's what I'll say. I I'm really trying to drive a little bit more foot traffic through my Wetzel's pretzels. I mean, it, it, the franchise is not doing well right now. So any ideas that either Nate C or anyone else might have, maybe, maybe make that part of your questions for next week. If you really want to appeal to me, uh, you know, anything that I can do to get a little more foot traffic through that place. It is a money pit, but uh, also I would oh, point it's played out by Thomas Middleditch. middle Yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh... Yes. Uh, there's also some resemblance between Terry from Solar Opposites and just the Slenderman generally, so it's it's possible that uh, didn't did Thomas Middle Ditch get canceled for what? I didn't hear this. I think he did. Classic Tom, classic Tom. Are basically are they just going to go one for one and hit all of the Silicon Valley dudes and just knock them all off their perch? Uh,
2: there, there is, there's something, uh, yeah, there's, there's some. Uh, we can, we can get back to it later. It's fine. Can't wait. Uh, (laughs) all right. Um, also what do you think of the idea that whoever submits questions every week, but comes in last place has to only give like segment fishing, like their, their questions for an entire month have to just be segment fishing.
0: I think it's a terrible idea.
2: And we can, we can, we can just take the suggestions and pretend that they're our own. Uh, all right. Next up, Anthony Garvert at the Real Shardy. Since I'm in the mountains of Tennessee this week, what is the highest you've ever been above sea level, Kevin Gregg? Airplane,
0: Concorde. <laughs> Touch the sky. <laughs> leave, leave the stratosphere.
1: All
2: right, pretend
0: you were touching ground, buddy. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, mm. I, I Colorado, like I, the, the, Denver um pikes peak i have no idea do you know uh so pikes peak may be it for me actually i mean Um, if pikes peak like i guess uh you know i've been up near mount rainier uh as well um i those are the the two things that really kind of jump out to me in terms of elevation most of the time when i'm on vacation i'm pretty close to water level so um sea level i should say probably uh what do you got? my i
2: i should have asked my folks about this uh before the pod because they would because i lived in colorado for a while so i they would know um but mm, yeah no I, i'm baffled by this one but it's i don't know it's probably pretty high yeah you know <laughs> give me a
0: headache now Jonesy, right. yeah. uh next up from Garvert. Who is the most electric player you've ever watched play in the green and white for both basketball and football? MS your careers only.
2: So I did clarify this is not a Matt Trannan question.
0: <laughs> Matt trannon is the only answer. Dion Sims for two games is your other option.
2: Or if you really liked uh Draymond Green in the spring game, maybe. Um
1: so I I think for football, it might be Javon Ringer,
0: but he was such a workhorse. It was not really an electric type of thing.
2: All right. So all right. So then it's well. So then it's got to be someone who can't t- touch the ball that often, or it's Le'Veon, or it's uh, Keyshawn Martin.
0: Oh, I like. Ke- Oh, you just took mine. I totally forgot about my man Keyshawn. Yeah. So, uh, the answer is Keyshawn Martin. Go.
2: All right, hear me out. This is this is going to be a real. You are not gonna. You're not gonna like this answer, but let me justify it. I can't wait. Walk
0: me through it. Lawyer me on this.
2: All right. So, the conclusion comes first because I'm a lawyer, Keith yeah. Nickel. All right. Hear me out,
0: dude. Does one, two. Oh, Two. Two hooks and ladders. Oh,
2: no, no, sorry. Sorry. One Hail Mary and one hook and ladder. Okay. I mean, those are two really iconic plays from the most electric offenses in Michigan State history.
0: Okay.
1: D- do you disagree? Right, <laughs> right.
0: place, right time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know
1: what the difference just, between... Just you know having the difference seen you there, air, the,
2: lightning, it, the difference between Lightning... And, and Keith Nickel is, lightning is, if you're struck by it, is wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Keith Nickel, right place, right
0: time. Just having to be standing in the right place when it glanced off of a helmet, the football in one case, and then did have the presence of mind of oh, I, of lathering I mean, the ball on his way out of bounds in another case. I mean, that anyway. you have to admit that that play was uh,
2: so many levels of heads up. Jeremy I mean, Langford would be another one. You may give him the workhorse title there too, but like, God, that dude had,
0: here's what I'll say. Having, having been there for both of those Keith nickel plays, um, having been in the building when both of them happened, um, where were you? Where were you? I was, I was in the building for each oh. of them, whether that was uh, Lucas oil stadium or Spartan stadium, um, depending, um, uh, those were pretty electric, Plays and the outcome, particularly of the uh, catching a deflection off of a helmet uh, to win a game, was the single most electric moment of my MSU uh, sports watching.
2: Yeah. So um, do you judge him by the the total electricity that he can produce,
0: and, and in fact is verifiable? None of this matters because the true answer is Le'Veon or. Uh, Keyshawn Martin, but all right.
1: Anyway, or,
2: or Drew, sure, sure. Uh, all right. So basketball, I'm curious what your answer is on this.
0: This one's a little tougher because the answer is like, do you just go with dunks? Do, is it just Shannon Brown or right. Miles? <laughs> you know, I was going to say, <laughs> is, that is it, is it Shannon get? Brown? Uh, Mo Ager actually, yeah, you got to give him credit for the time that he was on the team with Shannon Brown. He also threw it down a number of times. Um, But I think Miles Bridges threw down the best dunks that I've seen during my time as an MSU
1: basketball fan.
0: What about you? I mean, it's fair to say that, like, you watch
2: Miles play basketball, and to uh, date myself in choosing a phrase that used to be popular, uh, Miles wakes up and chooses violence against the (laughs) basketball, like,
1: every day. Um, but, you know, I think I got to go Shannon Brown. Got him. I, I, like, it,
0: the problem j- with Shannon Brown is that he was so smooth most of the time. It was not like these abrupt, hyper, like, if you, if you were to take the energy level and you were to graph it like on a uh, sizeometer. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, you know, the Shannon Browns, like the sizeometer would be going up and just like, but like steady state going up. Whereas, you know, with Miles Bridges and maybe this is a bit of a critique of his game generally. It would be like right there in the middle and then all of a sudden it would just. Be a massive shock all of a sudden out of nowhere and then go kind of right back to where it was. It's sort um, of like using a finisher in Soul Caliber 3 or something. You similar know, you, to that. Yeah. Similar to that. Okay. Next uh, up from, from Garf at the Real Shardy. He asks, prop bet of the week. Mel Tucker wins during his MSU career versus passing accuracy of the QB with the most snaps next season over under is set at 59.5.
2: All right, so Kevin, let's do some math real quick. He's currently on a 6-year deal. Yeah. 1 year into it with 2 wins. <laughs> so that means over the next 5 years he needs 57.5 wins.
0: Assuming though that he is not extended in his MSU career.
2: Well, and I'm going to so like yes. Uh, so for that to for that to happen, obviously it, it, male Tucker needs to be very good. Um, But the likelihood
0: is that he's extended. But how many even still? I mean, it's a lot of wins that you need. How many did Antonio just end with? 111. And he was a coach for 14 years. 13 seasons, I believe. Okay. Um, And, and to be frank, it's very unlikely that Tucker is going to do that. So, Um, I'm going to go under on Tuck wins and I'm going to go over on, uh, which is fun because these are somewhat correlated. (laughs) Yes. Um, but I'm going to go over
1: on, uh, on the QBR. You know, I'm going to choose to believe that.
2: Ohio state is the unstoppable force that they are and continues to be, but that Tucker has a career here where he, he upsets the beast from time to time. And I'm going to go over on both. That's what I'm going to choose to believe, but I think Kevin's probably right.
0: I'm looking Uh, at what the college QBR quintiles are. I'd really like to know this. Like I I know what makes like a really good college quarterback, but I want to know like genuinely what the breakdowns are for starting quarterbacks because I just like just don't pay that much attention to that. But anyway, um, I am not gonna look this up on the podcast. Next up from Joe Ashworth, aka the Ashiest Joe, uh, podcasting being a visual medium, of course, as it has been for us for the last couple of weeks. What's your favorite GIF? Bonus points awarded if pronounced with a hard G, since it stands for graphic. Uh, yeah, yeah. That did, is did you correct.
2: just? Yes, so it's it's GIF.
0: It is GIF. Even the, I mean, if you invented it and you mispronounce it, I don't care. It is GIF. You don't get to decide. But Jonesy, what is your favorite GIF? Uh, I mean, the one that you tend to use the most on Twitter that I could stand for you to go ahead and sunset for a little bit. The
2: the the dam.
0: Yeah, the the geyser, the dam, that that situation. I think we could take uh, a break from that one.
2: I, I don't use it that often, but uh <laughs> Well, there's got to be something in the favorites folder, but no, my favorite uh would have to be Connor Cook snatching the MVP trophy mm. out of one's hands. Um, that is easily my favorite gift. Uh, second to. Who, who's the one who, um, who's the player who did the, uh, the, the choke sign behind, um,
0: Oh, I think that was Justin Lane. Was it? That yeah, did
2: that? yeah. 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 That, yeah. Mean, that's a, that's a great one. That is um, an all time. That is an all time. Great. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that's, those are, those are my two. Uh, and, and honestly, those are my two. It's not just because, um, this is an MSU podcast. Those are two great gifts.
0: Uh, mine. Uh, and it is not MSU related. Uh, would be well. It has been, um, most recently the the Paul Rudd look at us. Uh, oh yes. Meme from uh first we Feasts, uh the hot ones. Um, that is the one that I tend to go to the most of late. Um, because it God, he's so handsome. Look at and us. He's so affable. Okay, and it's just like. It do be like that, you know. It's relatable concepts. Um, next up from Joe Ashford, podcasting. Uh, we just—is this another one? Podcast not- remaining a visual medium. I've noticed in pictures that Mel Tucker always does the elbow cocked, pointing at the guy next to him pose <laughs> in pictures with the recruits. He does it, it do be it, like that.
2: It it got. I was I was starting to get like Mel Mel. You can't do this with every kid. They're not going to feel special. Uh, But Joe
0: Ashworth asks, what is your go-to pose in a group photo? Um, It's the V with the tongue out, right? For you? Well, you you stole what I was going to say
2: about you. Um, No, I'm more of a duck lips to compliment your V with the tongue
0: out. Oh, yeah. Uh, I do the white girl pose where I'm like, one leg is straight, the other leg is like sort of bent a little bit. And then I've got my hand on my hip. And then my arm is out at a perfect angle. There are children fleeing from you in the background. (laughs) It's one of those. It's one of those. That is my favorite pose in a a group photo. Yeah. Um, Which are starting to happen again. Um, So I've got to practice that again in front of the mirror. Never forget. Yeah. Uh, And finally, from Joe Ashworth, uh, finally, since we've determined the podcasts are a visual medium, I love the commitment to this. (laughs) Uh, please either one tell me your favorite recruiting graphic uh it, tell me what your favorite recruiting graphic is in the Mel Tucker era or two pitch your own.
2: Uh it's it's got to be the um the Spartan Dogs graphic with the guy sitting on you know with the commit sitting on the chair with the the two dobermans on each side of him. Oh yeah. Oh, the, yeah. I mean that was a great graphic.
0: Pretty good. Great. Yeah. Uh, how about you? I'll, I'll take anything with a sledgehammer too. Cause it just reminds me of the video from Eastern where they wanted to break that wall down, that, uh, that cinder block <laughs> wall. And like, there are three guys just wailing at it. and It is just not going anywhere. And I thought that was going to be it for sledgehammers <laughs> in football, but we're bringing them back. The other green and white does it a little bit better. Yeah. Uh next up from Nick Kamansky, who are your front runners to win Katie's final rose? I don't know what this is. Do you know what this it's is? It's The Bachelorette. Don't pretend that you don't know. Gavin? Probably a good a good guess. Uh, there's <laughs> bound to be a Gavin on there. Uh, uh, do you know? Uh I I have been uh in the room while at least one of these episodes of uh, the Bachelor oh, have been playing i don't know the dude's names uh but i'm oh, gonna God. take one of the guys that does some kind of like singing um or, or something there's like always a country music guy next
2: up what is going on mm-hmm. with the sky world in the sequel to breath of the wild bro what's Nick. up with link's arm and his Gen- is ganordoff
0: ganodoff um, are you are you serious Ganondorf? Oh, yeah i don't okay take a hike mike jones is this like one of those pathetic things where you pretend not no, to understand honestly is this, this one is of those pathetic
2: things where someone couldn't come up with a name and they're like how can i make gandalf how weirder
0: dare you beseech the the name of shigeru Miyamoto? how, how or beseech is not the word plum's gonna hate me for that um besmirch is that what yep, there you go? There's a word. Beseech is when you ask for something, right? You're like yes, make a request. I beseech you. Yeah. Um, it's sort of a
2: begging, pleading.
0: Usually done like for the gods or something.
2: Insistence. Like, it's yeah. an insistence, but in a desperate sense.
0: Desperate, yeah. Uh okay. So yes, it does look like uh the sequel to Breath of the Wild will be going into the skies and uh link from zelda does appear to have some kind of like mechanical arm like a luke skywalker situation i think so uh, i don't know anything about it but uh very excited stuff because breath of the wild is a fantastic game should uh, we
2: uh even bother reading the last question from nick or is it so clear it. that he's uh, in last place that it doesn't matter
0: everyone uh, gets three Michael
2: uh, riffing on the notion of a spirit animal, which MSU football player from the past best represents you as a person? Kevin, Gregg, You can go first. Keyshawn Martin. You you really think Keyshawn electric. Martin
0: electric okay. as a podcaster electric as a player. What I, uh,
2: I would love to say that it's Drew Stanton, but I, I think we all know that I'm kidding you know, myself. You're not man enough for that. I, I, I know I'm too, too beta. Um, but I'm probably more of a Michael Geiger. Hmm. You know,
0: windmilling it, swearing on the radio,
2: got that moment. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, next up, Mister Neurotic Pants, aka Raymond Chains, aka at Mister Neurotic One. Has anyone in the Big Ten used Big Ten Ten used the sacred transfer portal better than Mel Tucker? That's a sincere question. It seems to me that he's added a lot of talent to the team.
0: I cannot. In good conscience, answer that question. I do not have a comprehensive knowledge of what the other Big Ten teams are doing in the transfer portal. Frankly, it's hard enough to follow MSU's activity in the transfer portal, much less other teams. But, Jonesy, what about you? What's the general feel?
2: Here's what I can tell you, Raymond, slash Mr. Neurotic Pants, is that he has used the transfer portal more (laughs) than most other Big Ten teams. And, um that should tell you a bit about the status of the talent level that on the team that he inherited. Like, I I don't know that there's a better way to say it than that is will it make MSU great? I certainly hope so, but it, will it make them not shitty? Probably. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. There's not a better way to say it, right? I would love to say that we beat, two great teams from the big 10 last year, but the truth is, is we beat one good team and then one team that always thinks they're good. And so, you know, I just, I, I'd like to believe that we will at minimum be middle of the pack next year. And I think that's an okay place to say, all right, for year one, that's a good starting spot. And I know that's technically year two, but like, it's a right. mulligan. Yeah. You, it's you a get, mulligan. You, it's, you, if there's ever a reason to grant someone a mulligan, last year was a really good reason to grant one. So uh, anyway, great question. Like I, I think he's, and again, Raymond, I, I, I would just add this. And it's I think this is, because we talk a lot about recruits and transfers here, and it's important to remember that not all of them are going to play, and that's okay. That if, if it does nothing else but but build depth into your team that's that's meaningful and good, like the guys who start the game can't play every snap that the game is way too violent for you to be able to play every snap. And so like, if it's guys that can, can play a quarter of the snaps and you don't see a massive drop off in talent, like at at the cornerback position, that means you don't get gashed for a massive, you know, play because it's not like the other team isn't watching who subs in, in in and out for sure. So anyway, I didn't mean to go off on that, but like I, 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 Raymond, I just think he made the team better, whether it's good,
0: TBD. So, you know what is going to be good, though, this week on, uh, on behind the scenes with Tom Izzo. Stevie Izzo's insistence on being on the women's team becomes a <laughs> national controversy. Uh, and after beating Juwan Howard, Izzo pursues anger, <laughs> anal, anger management, <laughs> but is kicked out after grabbing his therapist. Also, unannounced, Lupe and Suze go on a Thelma and Louise like road trip presumably, I guess off of a canyon. Uh it, okay? Are they are, are we leaning all the way into this? This uh, this
2: is uh I this this week on Behind the Scenes with Tom Izzo, I don't know how they recover to a sense of normalcy. Yeah. And, like this feels like it's going full WandaVision. This right? feels
0: a lot like the scene in Thelma and Louise where it goes entirely <laughs> off, careening off the canyon
2: yes. he, this, uh, Raymond is, if, is, you can,
0: uh, if you can bring this back man it's perhaps <laughs> very meta I mean it might show the genius of Raymond Chains to be like the show is reflected in the show itself yes uh, I'm excited to see you know does this does everyone die in a fire at the bottom of a canyon or does that does that car take wings? Also, and is there a question so here? Hard.
2: Have we been ignoring that Behind the Scenes with Tom Izzo doesn't actually
0: have a question to it?
2: Yeah, we have been. We've okay, been allowing great. It,
0: and we will continue to allow it at the same time. Yes. Anyway, uh, uh, Raven, next respect question your genius. Is uh a bit of a trap.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, Greg, if you could spend time in Asana with anyone mm. in Spartan Nation, who would it be and Raymond presumes the answer is probably Mel Tucker, and I have to believe Kevin that that is not the answer.
0: It seems like we get a derivative of this question every week, uh, whether it's break bread, whether it's have a drink, whether it's no. But this one's different. Time in the this salad. one is
2: this is sweaty in a towel in a closed room,
0: and and you get a you get the potential for a Seinfeld type situation. You tell me, you get a little extra in there. I mean, who can say? To me, that's all the more reason to say Tom Izzo, Uh, right? Am I right? Am I
2: wrong?
0: Kevin, uh, may I ask, who did we have a wall of? (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Bring the man up again. Go ahead. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have
2: to say, if I can be in a hot, steamy room with Guy in a towel, my choice is always gonna be Drew Stanton.
0: (laughs) If I'm in a room with a Drew Stanton only in a towel, it's going to be a hot, steamy room one way or another. That's just going to happen. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. That chemistry will sana. be one sided, but it will be there. He's going to be like, why did the windows fog up in here? <laughs> uh, next up from Sawyer Like Tom, AKA at Syntax Napkins. My questions are a follow up. How do you pronu- pronounce the word? That is spelled S-A-U-N-A. Sauna. It? I would pronounce it sauna. Uh, ideal temperature for a sauna. I like 160. Wait, what's wrong with you? I think that's actually how you pronounce it. Is there you, something broken in your nose? You rube. I believe the Finns pronounce it sauna. Uh, it, that's, that's how you would pronounce it normally? Oh, yeah. Okay, because great. I just want to lean in like that. And okay. just be like real like smug about it too. Mm-hmm. And uh so temperature I have no idea. Do you know a sauna temperature? I do. A sauna temperature? No, I don't. Uh, but 160 seems really high. I think I'm like a 105 type of guy. Like that seems like enough for me. Um and would you rather cool off by bracing uh by a bracing jump in Lake superior or by taking a roll in the snow? And yes, I am extremely finished. Adding, but my sound attempt is actually a little low for most. Oh, people.
2: you found yourself back in my pronunciation. Anyway, uh, sort of like Tom. I'll tell you this. Uh, so, my folks live in Arizona, and they have a uh, a, a nice little uh, pool and hot tub situation, mm-hmm. which is the nearest analogy I can come up with to this.
0: Not at all the same thing.
2: Weird trip down finish sort of Finnish more. Uh, but uh, you know, the pool will be. Quite cool, uh, you know. We'll say fifties and uh, maybe maybe mid sixties, and I will be in the hot tub, and I will jump in and I'll jump back out. So my choice is bracing cold.
0: No roll in the snow. Oh, I'll take that roll in the snow every time. Bring it. All right, keep it, keep Susan, it <laughs> aka Mom Maple Leaf. But it's Mama. It's actually Mama. Pull, leaf.
2: <laughs> pull pull up yeah, all right. Anyway, first, number one. In a salute to the father of persuasion, Aristotle, what is your best argument for which MSUQB you, you would choose to start against Michigan on October 30th, 2021? Yeah. She says, first, Grooch. By the way, I love that Susan is calling you Grooch. It's catching on, upper deck shirt guy. I have questions. We'll talk about this off. Uh, anyway, Grooch, use logo slash logic. Which MSU QB would you choose to start against Michigan?
0: Uh, man. Well, well, use let's logic.
1: go. Let's go with you first. Uh, Josie use ethos character. I have to believe, man, this is not the answer I would actually give Peyton
2: Thorne inherently has more of a Spartan in him than Anthony Russo does. Mm. As far as I've seen it, Peyton Thorne indeed, as someone who has been constantly taunted as not going to be the starting QB in, in, even when he should be
1: has all the makings of someone who should have that chip on the shoulder as a Spartan. And and, and frankly, you know, now that I think about it, two of our wide receivers, he knows quite well. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I have to go with Peyton Thorne
0: if I'm choosing to use purely ethos. And I thought you would do that, which is why when I come in with logos, logic, we have to say, clearly it's Anthony Russo. He's the man with the experience. He's the man that's played in these types of high-profile games. He's the man that, uh, is bringing, you know, he's even just older, plainly older and more physically gifted, uh, at this time than Peyton Thorne. So, uh, as appreciative as I am that Thorne decided to remain with the program and has every opportunity to take that starting role after this year, it seems that for this year, to give MSU its best chance to win, you have to hand the ball to the guy that has shown in other programs, uh, I'll, I'll grant you, um, that he knows how to, how to move it around, how to toss it. There have been some issues with inaccuracies and interceptions being thrown, um, but the upside uh, is so much higher uh, for one season and one season only. I mean,
1: Rocky yeah,
2: Lombardi had issues making completions that were accurate, yet didn't have that problem against Michigan. Yeah, so yeah, there you go. Can happen. Uh,
1: uh, plum
0: was going to use a uh, uh, motion uh, slash pathos. pathos. It,
2: is that should I do a plum voice? Because I believe I was invited to do this before and uh, may have nearly got myself canceled.
0: Yeah, let's not get the whole podcast canceled. We'll we'll move on uh, to Mama Maple Leaf. Uh, question number two. Canadian born and raised, James Naismith, the father of basketball and the founder of the University of Kansas basketball program, is also responsible for rooting a prestigious coaching tree. Interesting way of saying that. Alan Rupp and Smith, do you agree with a 2016 Bleacher Report article ranking the best coaching trees that cites Izzo number eight, one notch below Shashevsky, Kr- uh, and topping it off with Larry Brown as number one? Well, I... There must be some really crappy. There must not be very many good coaching trees at all. If Izzo is number eight,
2: I honestly believe that's true, because in fairness, Izzo doesn't have a great coaching tree, and neither does Shashevsky.
0: No, I mean that's a problem that Duke must have looked at when Shashevsky uh, was naming his but his name Izzo's. Yep, I mean, like
2: I, I mean, I, I'm not. Obviously, I love Izzo, obviously, but it's so the fact that Izzo's eight was the thing that I was like,
1: huh? (laughs) Really? Because I uh,
0: I don't know who's in Larry Brown's, but I'll buy that as number one.
2: Yeah, I think it's actually that sounds right. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Yeah, it is. Dean Smith, Greg Popovich. Um, I can't figure out the rest of them. I mean, if you got pop, that's going to get you pretty far. So yeah, I got blocked out by the, uh, Oh, found my way out. Nope. Can't do it.
0: All right. We're moving on. Uh, Some rules on how to be a great sports dad. Michael Jones. Yeah. A, don't bother the coach. B keep the post game chats short. C Unless you're volunteering, your job is to watch. What other rules would you add to this list?
2: This feels very preachy. First of all, it assumes that I'm not the coach. Second, it assumes that we're not watching film and doing a deep dive and deep debrief. Or that the sport isn't the passion of my child. And that I shouldn't help them pursue it at all costs. To the point that they learn to hate me. I mm. want to be very clear that I'm that's how director.
0: they become great. Yeah. Got to break yes. some eggs. You yep. got to break
2: some eggs. I mean, let's be very clear. Uh, You know, a lot of complicated relationships with fathers in sports fame.
0: Speaking of Donald Glover, we did that earlier. Uh, There is a great episode in season two of Atlanta about this concept. You should watch it. It's very accessible. All right. I will get on that.
2: Uh And then, you know, maybe other than volunteer, uh, unless I'm volunteering, well, I will be paid to officiate the game, <laughs> so I won't impose my will on this game one way or another. Uh, no, uh, actually, I would um, tend to I, the the rule I would add on on top of this, and I think Alex Blum would appreciate this, is that a, as a parent, do not comment on the officials. It it gives your your your. Uh, the, the child you're, you're with way too much bandwidth to not just be able to evaluate the, the, the competition on its own merit, right? Like it's, I think it also introduces the notion of making excuses and, and, um, and just distracts from their own enjoyment of the game. Like if you've got parents who are chirping at officials the entire time, like, how can your kid possibly think that you're having fun being there, enjoying a thing they're doing? So, I would just add that as uh, don't chirp at officials.
0: I would add, remember that your kid is not that good at the sport, and they are not going pro in it. Uh, I disagree.
2: My son is the new Bo Jackson. Oh, I'm. I forgot about that.
0: You're the exception to this, Thank but you. for all other kids. <laughs> um. Next up from John Hubbard, aka. Oh, I've avoided uh, pronouncing this yep. my entire uh, can't recant write career. So
2: is it it's either Io Annie's Patris or Iona's Petros? I Can
0: assume it, it rhymes. Yeah, doesn't Whatever, matter. Who it cares? is. Uh, he asks, first question, as Michigan prepared to lift all mask requirements, have you reclaimed your freedom or are you still wearing one like a beta cuck?
2: Well, this must be for you because I don't live in Michigan.
0: Yeah, uh, so I just spent time in a state that has lifted its mask mandate. I went to an indoor uh, wedding ceremony and me and my family were the only ones there that chose to wear a mask. So sign me up for beta cuck this weekend. Uh, Big time, surrounded by chads. Um, We did remove our masks for the reception and then I spent as much time as I could of the reception outdoors on the patio. But um, generally speaking, I will continue to wear the mask until such time that, uh, you know, most children are also vaccinated in my family and, um, and the, you know, the COVID numbers are down in the, you know, very low single to to double. Well, they'll never be a single, but double digits, ideally uh, new cases um, in the state of Michigan. What about, you um, so I've, uh, I've gone
2: full, full mask list for the most part. Wow. I, I mean, I, so I, um, I will wear a, I, I generally will wear, a ma- wear wear a mask into a grocery store. Okay. Um, I will wear a mask into the gym and certain portions of the gym. But if I'm on a treadmill, I'm not wearing a mask. When you're doing uh, the most respirating. Yeah. But I mean, like who I'm, um, I'm, I'm vaccinated. Hmm. Like at, at some point in time, the vaccine is available to people who would like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't know, man. Like I, it's okay. What, Sorry. what, like, what am I supposed to do?
1: Yeah. No, it's good. You're doing
2: great. And, and also by the by, like, it's in line with, with the recommendations of scientists. That is true. So that is true. It, it's not like I'm going rogue on doctors here. Mm-hmm. Um, the CDC says I don't have to wear one. And I will say that around here, most people wear one into grocery stores. Um, and then obviously there's still required at, at daycare when I pick up and drop off my son. So I, We'll wear one there. Obviously. Happy Father's Day,
0: Michael. Thank you. Uh, and I had
2: my first uh, daycare cold since COVID, so that's been a real delight, which makes me wonder what these other, you know, I used to blame it on the booger monsters that Blake went to school with, but it's actually the booger monsters that are their parents. So maybe we should bring those masks back. Anyway, next up from John Hubbard. Who'd win in a fight and why? Brendan Fraser from The Mummy or Will Smith from Wild Wild
0: West? Oh, obviously, West James West, Desperado, Rough Rider is going to win that, win that fight because he's so charming. He's gonna charm whoever the Brendan Fraser character is from the mummy. I mean, and then God, these, uh both
2: these movies were terrible, right?
0: I mean the mummy's kinda of like campy fun from what I recall. They are very old. Uh John Hubbard is showing his age in these yeah you know, with these choices here. Um but that would be my choice. What about you? The mummy the mummy stuck around as a franchise at least. It did. Uh, which well, is weird. I can't believe the Wild Wild West didn't. Uh, though I would point out that it took down, you know, James West took down a giant mechanical spider. So yeah.
2: I love how they did. Uh, shit. What's the phrase I'm looking for?
0: Um,
2: uh, the thing, you know, it, it's, it's sort of um, steampunk. They did like Wild ste- West well, oh, yeah. steampunk. Sorry. Very that, steampunk. Yeah, that was, yeah. Uh, I mean, Brendan Fraser to me is both a, a bad actor who was in terrible movies and Will Smith, this was a... It's not that Will Smith doesn't have misses on his record, because he does. After Earth was a revelation. <laughs> the, see, I can watch After Earth and find true joy in that. Like, it is, it
0: is so bad. I mean, <laughs> was he some kind of suicide squad in after earth or or what oh what is his child just uh
2: bad, just bad all of them anyway uh i'm going uh I'm going with Will Smith uh even though probably the right pick is probably Brendan Fraser if we're being really honest, um cause Brendan Frazier had to fight that mummy and yeah. it was a little bit thicker, you know.
0: He's a bit huskier, dude. That's true. He is a bit
2: huskier. Anyway, all right. Uh, Out of the few remaining places uh, uh, available from our time as undergrads, which is best? Rice Kitchen, Pita Pit, or Bells?
0: I'm going to disagree with the premise of this question. I think, actually, from the most part, uh, there are a lot of places remaining from our time as undergrads, especially if we're looking at bars. But of these three... Uh, I will give Rice Kitchen credit for being the only two-star rated restaurant in East Lansing that manages to survive all of these years. Uh, And I will set aside Pete a bit because I
2: was, I'm sorry, is Bell's, does Bell's have a higher
0: rating than two stars? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's going to be my choice here. No. Yeah. You, Yes.
2: A restaurant that has openly displayed like merchandised boxes of Jiffy pizza crust. Jiffy. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right.
0: I'll okay. take it. Okay. I'll take it. Okay. In fact, actually, Mr. Coast Elite, the finest pizza that East Lansing has to offer at yeah. Bell's. Yeah. That's the best. Truly right, the best.
2: Hey, look, if we're not busy doing what we need to do to commemorate the day... We should find some time to wander over to Bell's and see if it holds up.
0: My, uh, my neighbor uh, owns the house. He actually inherited it from his mother. They've owned it for like 80 years. He doesn't live there all the time. His daughter lives what's, there. But what's, what's your neighbor's address? Uh, I'll follow up with that information. I'll have to, I'll have to look that up, uh, but I, I'll get you. Uh, he tells me that on his way back out of town, he frequently stops at Bell's. To get, to get himself a pie to take it home to the family because they love it. They can't get enough of it. So I don't know if that's more of an indictment of the uh, West yes. Yes. west Coast of the States uh, or of uh, his judgment. Um, but that is what he has told me several times. Uh, next up from friend of the program at CTNTC. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. If you could have one NCAA basketball coach to be your dad, who would you pick?
2: Uh,
0: Well, it's got to be Mark Turgeon, right? Well, I think you should go with Tom Izzo (laughs) because it's your only chance at your height of actually being on a team.
2: (laughs) Uh, Isn't that sadder, though, that you would not be on a team unless you were...
1: (laughs) I mean, how how, how old would you have
2: true. to be to be at your dimensions for someone to believe in you?
0: Wait, uh oh, do you think that I have any potential at all? To, th- like maybe one day you'll fill out. Every at every age there were there's no indication that I would ever become athletic or coordinated <laughs> or like there was never a time when anyone had any hope in, in my athleticism. Uh so I guess if I'm being uh
1: more serious about this answer. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe Huggins. Okay, I sure. don't know. Like, if I can't pick Tom Izzo, which I, I feel like maybe one of
2: the
0: rules was that I couldn't pick Tom Izzo, but. I mean, what
2: time is it to be my dad? If you I take know. Huggins,
0: you have to both live in West Virginia growing that's, up and then also for college. So
1: it, well, like he difficult. was in
0: Cincinnati for a long time. Yeah, but you would have been I mean, we'll say for the purposes of this growing up now. It's a lot yeah. of what Kenny.
2: Morgantown's nice. Uh I knew, I
0: I do hear that, that Morgantown's nice.
2: Morgantown is genuinely nice. Uh I I would have I don't know. it, it would have been weird to like John Beeline's not so offensive, but like that means he's. um, He
1: it feels weird, the idea of him being a dad of like. I don't know. He's a bit old. Mm -hmm. I guess is what I'm getting at. Maybe he wasn't that effective a dad.
0: Because his son seemed to have a couple personal issues. Just saying. Next up, though, from CTNTC, Jonesy, what is your favorite summer Olympic event?
2: Uh, one that America is good at, and Michael Phelps is not involved in. So probably women's gymnastics or basketball. basketball. Biles is awesome. Yeah, like yeah, fine, but that that doesn't feel like it should be an Olympic sport. No. It doesn't that, like in the same way that America is, is historically bad at men's soccer. And so it's easy to just say that shouldn't be a sport. America is too good at basketball. <laughs> it's easy to say that's, that shouldn't be a sport.
0: Although that is becoming less the case. I mean, some yes, of the right, highest right. profile right. NBA players, I think you could make the argument that maybe half of the top 10, most high profile NBA players at this point are, euro you know euro players so
2: well i mean I, I think the nba did a good job um investing in other leagues mm-hmm. right like i, I yeah. mean from a you want the best product in the world right mm-hmm. you should encourage it to be a worldwide sport
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's interesting that that hasn't caught on with football
0: well they're um, trying you know they're, they're
2: trying but it but just has i mean it, it There's something unifying about soccer and, and, and basketball, right. Mm -hmm. In that it, it, doesn't require much. um, And it uh, in terms of infrastructure and you can do a lot with just you alone or you and one other person and have a a whole sort of fulfilling competitive experience that um, you can't with some other sports.
0: I don't know if it's on the docket, but I'll take a walking uh, in Tokyo. (laughs) So, uh, next up from uh, CTNTC, favorite national anthem. Can't pick USA. It's Canada.
2: Oh, Canada. I mean, like, God, it is objectively. I mean, I'll I'll say it. And I'm someone who buys into a lot of myth making about America, uh, despite being a, a commie. But, like, Oh, Canada has the.
1: Best
2: mm-hmm. or is the, is the best
0: national anthem? Mm-hmm.
2: It is better than the Star Spangled Banner.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next up from Jer Bear. Right. You, you've asked enough. Oh, wait, this one's for me. Okay. It is for you. That's why I, I grabbed it. Uh, AKA JD underscore Jaber. Number one, how much pancheros will Jonesy eat when he visits? And yes, there is still one in town.
2: We had to Google this, Jer Bear. Uh, so, wait,
0: where is it? Uh, it appears to be up in Eastwood. Hidden uh, away in the Eastwood Town Center. Um, I, Will we have time to make a, a jaunt up there? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Why wouldn't I mean, we?
2: Well, I mean, there's a sobriety factor at stake here. Uh,
0: there are cars that will take us there. Okay. We'll get you a black car for your Poncheros.
2: I was going to say, how much, how much is uh, the wife going to not be allowed to do things? Because you'll be like, drive us! <laughs> Gabby! Uh, all right. Uh, next up from Jerbear, uh, best micro brew? No, I'm sorry. Best macro, macro brew. brew for tailgating. This is a great question and one that we could spend conservatively 45 minutes on.
0: I mean, it's it's the Miller High Life. No. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. yes. And that reaction is exactly why it's so important. Give me the bright orange can. Yeah. It's the high life. I'm going to be living Wait, it. Orange can. They occasionally, you know, because tailgating happens during hunting, oh, season, hunting season. Yeah. They do release a bright, a bright orange can so that you don't get shot and you're blind. Uh, uh,
2: that is not something that an East coast elite elite can relate to. Uh-huh. Um, but I will say I will pick from the same family and I will say Miller light. Okay. Get a good light calories. <sighs> All right. Last up from Jerbear, aka JD underscore Jerbear, uh, big a Big Ten West surprise team in football this season. It can be either a good or bad surprise. Uh,
0: well, normally I would choose something like a Northwestern, but it's hard to choose. They lost as a s- lot of people. Uh, yeah. Um. Maybe the surprise is that. Well, I would say maybe the surprise is that Nebraska still doesn't put it together, but that would not be a surprise to anyone either.
2: Um, I weirdly think this is Iowa's year, and here's why. Northwestern is down. Wisconsin's probably down as well. Which means that Iowa just floats where Iowa floats. And so they are the historical just dark horse because you never know if the Big West Big Ten West is gonna be shit. And they will be.
0: So Jay so J.R.Bear's question about what the biggest surprise would be is. Uh the default will happen.
2: <laughs> well, that 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 shit will be restored and uh and and that makes Iowa good because, you know, they're all bad. Or, or, you know what, uh the surprise could be that PJ Fleck, you know, brings it back around.
0: Here's the surprise. Bert makes his way on over to Illinois. He shows up two no. days before the first game. <laughs> and uh and he just he's got his truck and his boat he he bungles his way into his several wins and actually makes a run for it in the big 10 west
2: if if uh bert if bert pulls in six wins i will say watch out
0: and then he puts his jet skis on the trailer and he drives (laughs) him up to lucas oil stadium all right (laughs) yes i Cause he heard lo- that if you're playing at Lucas oil stadium, you get free gas for him. So I love the idea that,
2: up. that Burt Bielema is also like showing up to be the halftime show. Like I've got my jet skis and I'll do tricks out there.
0: We're also doing full flanderization <laughs> of Burt Bielema these days. Just oh. lean all the way in. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, that'll do it for us here
2: on can't read, can't write Kevin. It's been a, uh, true joy to spend Father's Day with you.
0: Well, you know, I've always thought of you as like uh is like a father to me. So, uh it works.
2: Yeah, it's great. All right, uh
0: Kevin go green. Go white Michael Jones.